welcome back to the If It Fits podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Payne. And I'm your other host, Michelle Jane. How are you, Jess? Yes, I'm all good, thank you, for Monday morning. I'm actually up, ready to go, rearing to do my check-ins and yeah, feeling good today. How about you? Awesome. Yeah, good. Just dropped cat off at doggy daycare. Woo woo. Oh, <laughs> a day off today. <laughs> a day to do some work. Yeah, he goes every Monday. Um, he loves it. Dies out the car, um, straight Aww. into the guy's arms. But um, yeah, so I got a day of getting stuff done today, which is good. Oh, fab. Well, do you know what? I've literally just been panicking because there was this massive lorry doing something outside my house like they were doing some work on the drain so I could hear them clear as day two workmen singing and like making a massive racket and I was like not just as we're about to record the podcast please so luckily they've just driven off so I hope they don't come back but um yeah you'll probably hear it if they do (laughs) but yeah I think we're just going to get straight into today's podcast we've both got a lot of work to get done today so we are just going to crack on and hopefully something that everybody is going to find useful, um, especially our female listeners, but also maybe male listeners who want to learn a little bit more. <laughs> um, so today we are going to talk about the menstrual cycle and, and the effects, or sorry, how we can sort of structure training and nutrition around our menstrual cycle. What do we need to take into consideration, for example? Mm. So I'll start by talking about the first part and then Michelle will come in with the second part of the cycle. So should we just crack straight on, Michelle, yeah? Yeah, you start off with your phase and then um, I'll lead on to mine. Amazing, okay. Right, so first of all, the menstrual cycle. I'm sure everybody is fully aware of what the menstrual cycle is, but it's basically the monthly hormonal cycle that a female's body goes through to prepare for pregnancy. So it's not just classed as, you know, the, the period, you know, which some people may believe, particularly men, <laughs> um, you know, that five or seven days of a period, but it's actually the word given to the whole cycle. So it's usually 28 days. Sometimes this differs for some women. It can go up to around 32 days. Some have slightly less, but on average it's 28 day cycle. And it's where, you know, the brain, the ovaries and the uterus are all working together to communicate through hormones to keep our cycle going. So very uh, brief summary of what the menstrual cycle is there. So the first half of our 28-day menstrual cycle is referred to as the follicular phase, okay? So this phase is divided into the early follicular phase and then the late follicular phase. So each of these phases lasts around seven days. So the early follicular phase is where bleeding occurs so basically that is where we have our period it's where menstruation menstruation starts so this lasts for around three to seven days depending on you know the length of your period everybody is individual and the late follicular phase then is from days eight to 14. now the most important things to note here are that during this follicular phase especially the early follicular phase, actually, estrogen and progesterone are at a baseline low, okay? So the levels are really, really low, 
But as we move into the second week of the menstrual cycle, which is the second part of the follicular phase, days 8 to 14, this is where then our estrogen levels start to rise quite rapidly. Progesterone levels are rising as well, but on a much slower level and also testosterone as well. We've got lots of hormones going on uh, at the same time, but we're just going to focus mainly on estrogen and progesterone today. So in terms of training, estrogen can actually have a positive effect on your training. So this is where we can really get the most of our, out of our training in the follicular phase. Now, with the exception of the first few days, you know, where our period actually starts, where we might not be feeling our best, we're going to be lacking on energy with these hormones at, you know, baseline low level, we're bleeding, we're going to be tired and all of that. So during that part of the of the follicular phase, in terms of training, it's probably better or it's recommended in all of the research and everything that we start with some mobility work, walks, basically light exercise during that first few days. And that might not mean you need to take, you know, if you have a period for your, your bleed for a full seven days, that's not to say you need to do that for the full seven days, but perhaps for the first one to three days until you start to feel a little bit stronger again. Um, and then you can start to increase the intensity. But estrogen when as that starts to rise then as the follicular phase does start to progress so estrogen like i said can have a really positive effect on your training it reduces inflammation it boosts muscle growth and recovery and also aids in decreasing our muscle soreness as well after weightlifting um and progesterone tends to reduce workout performance in several subtle ways. So this is where estrogen is at its highest. So where we're going to be getting the best out of our workouts. So this is where if you are going to be structuring your training plan around your menstrual cycle, you probably will notice and it's probably a good idea that during this phase is where you're able to perform more reps, more sets lift more weight, you're going to recover faster, and you're going to be building muscle faster as well at the same rate. So this is a good time to increase the exercise intensity. So during this follicular phase, as we progress through it, certainly, and definitely in the phase two, so in the second part of your menstrual cycle. So you might want to add here high volume, high weight workouts, resistance training, you know, the rep range of around one to 12 reps, endurance cardio hit. Because we've got this, these higher levels of estrogen and our body is going to recover quicker, build muscle quicker, then this is a really good time to have that intensity high during that phase so there's obviously questions around should you modify your workout plan i know some people would create training plans specifically for the different phases of their menstrual cycle the jury is out in terms of training they've done lots and lots of studies some of them show quite contradictory things so obviously as with anything it's all going to be completely individual everybody is going to have different experiences during their menstrual cycle and you might notice that you're not you don't feel these effects at all other people might really notice them so everything is you know caveated and should be based on your individual experiences but you know 
you could take this into account and plan that into your training plan. Do you need to modify your workouts um, and make sure that you're doing the higher rep stuff here? Not really, if you're not going to be, if you're not the type of person that notices difference in strength gains and all of that. But if you do feel, um, you know, like you are stronger here and perhaps not so much towards the end of the menstrual cycle, which Michelle will cover in a little bit more detail shortly, then perhaps that's where you do want to um, really plan out your workouts according to the cycle. Now, in terms of nutrition during the follicular phase, so because of our higher estrogen levels, estrogen is really, really good. So it reduces our hunger and cravings for fatty, sugary foods. It improves our insulin sensitivity and it stabilizes our blood sugar levels. So while the research, you know, is a bit iffy on the training side of things and there are some contradictions with the nutrition side, there's pretty much no... Um, no room for error, you know, all of all the research sort of states the same. And the high estrogen levels during this phase also help to reduce fat storage in the lower body and abdomen and fat burning throughout the body is boosted. So when it comes to the diet side of things, the first two weeks, so the follicular phase of the menstrual cycle, should really be pretty much smooth sailing. So your hunger and energy levels and mood are gonna be stable, cravings should be minimal, and you shouldn't really have to change much or anything about your diet to, to stay on track. Um, obviously because of the reduced hunger and cravings, the promoted fat burning. So actually a really, really good time to start your diet. So if you are looking to begin, you know, a fat loss cutting phase, then it's actually the best time to start is at the start of your cycle. Um, so the first day of your period, that's the day when you could really start to do your diet. You don't really want to leave that until the luteal phase, which Michelle will cover, as I said, when things become a little bit more complicated, cravings start to increase and everything. So it's the best time to be eating in a deficit. It's optimal time for both fat loss and muscle gain because it's easier for us to build muscle during this phase as well. So actually, if you are looking to build muscle and not lose fat, then it's also the, a really good time to be in a surplus, you know, you're going to get really positive effects and you're going to get better results during this phase in terms of both fat loss and muscle building. So in terms of um, helping you get through the menstrual cycle, it might be a best, a good idea to schedule any cheat meals or things or, you know, restaurant outings that you're going to be planning with friends and things like that during your follicular phase, because this is the phase where you are most likely to actually or you are least likely, sorry, to overeat or, you know, turn your cheat meal into a cheat day or week because we feel stable, we feel satisfied, hormones and cravings and hunger levels are all at their lowest phase. So good time to have like higher carb intake as well to fuel our performance during exercise. So all in all, the follicular phase is actually a, a good phase, apart from obviously that first part of the the initial phase you know what days three to seven where we might be the day sorry one to seven where we'll be going through our bleed and particularly these first three days where we may be feeling a little bit low after that everything is looking really good diet is is the optimal time for dieting and also 
training is at an all-time high, recovery is great. That leads us nicely into, well, into ovulation and then the luteal phase where things do become a little bit more challenging for, for some women. So I will hand over to Michelle now to take us through that. Fab. So just covered that perfectly. So I'm going to go into the luteal phase. So the luteal phase lasts around 10 to 16 days and begins straight after ovulation up to the period. Now, after the follicle releases an egg during ovulation, the follicle turns into a temporary endocrine gland called the corpus luteum. The corpus luteum secretes progesterone, hence why we can only get progesterone once we have ovulated. Now, if you ever go to the doctors, if you're trying to conceive and you go to the doctors for a day 21 test, um, that's what they test for, your progesterone levels, because you can only secrete progesterone when, once you've ovulated. So that's how they can tell if you're ovulating, if you're trying to conceive. So progesterone is labeled the calming hormone. It is a key hormone for period health. Progesterone's biggest job is to hold and nourish a pregnancy, but it does a lot more than just this. Firstly, it kind of balances estrogen. It's like the yin to the yang, um, the kind of different hormones. So um, progesterone's the common hormone, is the yin to progesterone's yang. They work together in a result for optimal health. Another key aspect for pedestrian is that it raises body temperature, hence why um, elevated metabolism in the luteal phase. Um, so weight will likely be higher in the luteal phase and before the period starts and even whilst on the period due to fluid retention. Now weight can fluctuate one to seven days before the period begins in the luteal phase and when the period actually arrives. So this is really important for you to know this as females, why your weight will go up a week before you do on your period. And it's important for you to keep track on what week you're on so you can understand what's going on in the body. So basically, progesterone raises your body's temperature it then obviously your metabolism's higher so you're burning more calories so you get hungrier which i'll come into but your weight will also fluctuate now your weight can fluctuate up to one to three kilos um it's different for everyone so it might be less it might be more i'm roughly about um kilo and a half so about three three pounds um so it's, it's important for you to know that. So your weight can fluctuate up to one to three kilos and it's normal and expected. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean that you haven't ticked all the boxes. So I know it can be frustrating if you're stuck to your calories as a high protein diet, you've got your steps in, got your training in, got your cardio in, you're not stressed and you're sleeping well, but you've still gained up to three kilos. I know it can be frustrating, but it's it's so important for you to know what week you're on and then we can understand um, what's going on. Um, so training. So let's go into the, that's basically what the luteal phase is and why you can expect some weight gain. Now the luteal phase is the day after ovulation and up until your next period starts. Um, it's an average of 14 to 28 days if you've got a normal cycle or it can be a bit more if you've got a longer period. Um, so generally training in the first half of this phase is great um, and we are still at peak hormonal production in this cycle. Day 7 to 25-ish 
will probably be peak time for training where adherence, energy and strength is at its best. So um, Jess has already covered that. So this is where you can get some PBs, your strength is good, training is good, your adherence is good, your motivation is high. So make um, the most of seven, day seven to 25 because this is when you're going to get the most out of your weight training. So in this bracket, we look at an average cycle, say 28 days, you'll note the hormone production is at its peak. So those days are the best for training. Now we have estrogen rising and then peaking just before ovulation at around day 14. Uh, obviously it's different for everyone, but let's just go on a, an average cycle of 28 days. Then progesterone peaking around day 21. So like I said before, if you're looking to conceive and you go to the doctors and you get a day 21 test, it's because that's when progesterone is at its highest and it only occurs when ovulation occurs. Now, progesterone is also a good hormone and ovulation is key event of the cycle. Women can deal with stress better in this phase due to the calming effect of progesterone. So we can expect to see great performance due to positive mood, energy, adherence, and motivation. So motivation is high around day 14. So when we get to the late luteal phase, day 25, this can be when PMS effects can arise. So even if it's minor um, until closer to menstruation. So as we get closer towards day to days one to three before the period, Sometimes it can be as long as seven days before the period. Um, it is all person dependent. We can probably see that training and adherence is affected. So along with a few days into the next cycle. So like Jess explained, so leading up to it, it can be, it's usually one to three days before the cycle. It can be as long as seven, depends on how bad your PMS is. This is when, um, your strength decreases, your motivation decreases, your want to get your cardio done decreases. So this is probably when training is affected the most. Now, if someone experiences little to no PMS symptoms, everyone's dependent, um, it is likely that they won't feel great mid-cycle mid and they can, um, you can still train during this time, but it's best not to get any PBs, it's best not to try to get your one rep max, um, I recommend round about this time that you do like Jess. So basically it, it goes, the end of the, the luteal phase obviously goes into the next phase. So the follicular phase. So what Jess explains, so lower intensity, um, things like yoga, walking, cycling, lighter weights. So decrease your weights, decrease your volume because your strength will be going down. Um, you could even take a deload or a rest period. So a deload is where you just take a step back and you do lighter sets, um, or you can even take a rest period, you know, take a few days rest. Um, so yeah, so in that phase, so mainly one to three days before the period, it can be as long as seven, this is when your training is affected the most. So no PBs, lighter intensity, lighter weight, and you will notice a decrease in your strength. So we're going into nutrition. Now, during the follicular phase, as Jess explained, um, estrogen has a positive effect on hunger and appetite and our decisions to eat well. Now, when it comes into the mid-luteal phase, pre-menstruation, progesterone is dominant. Now, progesterone not only raises body temperature, and hence why it explains that it increases your metabolic rate, 
Um, an elevation in body temperature can stimulate appetite. Now, this is why we get hungrier, like I explained, during um, this phase, because your body temperature raises, your metabolism raises, and the amount of calories your body burns also raises. So as we come into the mid-luteal phase towards the period, this is where we see problems arise for most women. So not only is hunger increases, but sugar is often craved pre-period, mainly chocolate. And this is often likely caused by many things such as slight insulin resistance in the luteal phase compared to the follicular phase, such as a drop in hormones towards the period, and also a drop in serotonin and dopamine. So this is why we start to crave sugar. Um, there are a few strategies that we can do. Um, it's what Jess and I do as coaches. Um, especially those who are dieting or in a fat loss phase and on restricted calories. So there are a few things that we can do if you are dieting to help with PMS cravings. We can increase your calories by one to 300. Now, obviously it's dependent. I usually go for about 200. Um, I usually base it, base it around a chocolate bar. I just tell my clients to have a chocolate bar on top of their, on top of their calories, which is roughly about 200. So you can increase your calories by 100 to 300 each day, leading up to the period. Um, due to elevated body temperature, metabolism does increase slightly, um, has an effect on pedestrian, and women will burn an extra one to 300 calories. Obviously, it's dependent. There's no way of telling exactly how many calories you're going to burn. Um, so I go in the middle. I go with my clients 200. So you can have an extra one to 300 calories uh, for a couple of days around the period to help with cravings. So another option is to go up to maintenance calories for a few days. So if you're, you're really struggling with cravings and like the extra 200 calories is not going to do it, maybe you're on a 500 calorie deficit, maybe going up to maintenance for a few days um, will help with your cravings. Now, the way I see it, Increasing calories in a controlled manner for the person is a much better way of helping you to manage your cravings and also to not let you binge. So basically, putting your calories up to maintenance for a few days is a good way of managing your calories. Because otherwise, if you continue in your calorie deficit and you're really struggling with PMS and it's severe, you're likely to binge. You let me binge for a few days. So I'd rather put your calories up to maintenance for a few days than you to go out of control and binge for a few days. Um, so another tip um, is to, I don't know if um, Jess suggests this, this is something that I've just learned on a course that I've done, is to increase or to take a supplement magnesium. And magnesium is great for cravings. So basically it's a really safe option for clients have terrible cravings, especially for sugar, um, is to take magnesium, about 300 to 400 milligrams. Now, it's entirely up to you, maybe speak to your doctor, depending on what other medication you're on, but magnesium is great for many things and is great to help with cravings. So that's something that if you're really struggling with PMS, maybe consider taking magnesium, 300 to 400 milligrams. Now, another important tip to make sure you have sufficient protein in your diet. Now, protein is satiating, it keeps you fuller for longer, and it may help 
with um, keeping you fuller for longer and helping with cravings. So remember that light period cravings are absolutely normal. And unfortunately, some people get cravings that are inevitable. Um, and some people, it's not as simple as just having willpower. Um, so if you've got a coach, speak to your coach. It's great for you to know what week you're on and for you to understand why you're getting cravings. And it's good for you to understand why you're craving sugar. Um, but yeah, speak to your coach. You don't have to suffer in silence. They can put your calories up by one to 300 or even take you out of a deficit and put you at maintenance for a few days because you're better off controlling it and spiraling out of control and binging. That's it. Awesome. Covered fantastically. <laughs> so we've covered so much information there, but I mean, ultimately, in summary, everybody's individual, first of all. So you may or, you know, some people might experience the feelings of cravings and things like that much more extreme than other people. Some people might just, you know, you just mentioned it's not just a case of willpower and things like that. Then, Michelle, you know, for some women, they may be able to have the willpower and just they might prefer to not increase their calories. But if you really do struggle, then definitely start thinking about bringing calories up, you know, one to 300 or maintenance as Michelle just described um, at that phase. But in terms of training as well, throughout the whole of the menstrual cycle, if you're feeling good and feeling strong, you don't have to think, um, oh God, I'm in this phase of my cycle. So I have to train like this, you know, everybody is different and individual. So that's the main thing there. But, you know, science has shown that, each phase of the cycle based on the hormones and the different levels of estrogen and progesterone throughout the cycle, then obviously they can have this massive impact. And whereas with men, they don't really have these massive fluctuations of hormones throughout a month. Um, it is different for us women and it is definitely beneficial for you to, to start to pay attention to your body, your feelings, perhaps keep a little diary, for example, and, and write down how you're feeling just so you can start to, to become more aware of the things your body and you as an individual experience throughout your menstrual cycle. They've got apps and things like that as well. Um, but ultimately in summary for, you know, on average during the follicular phase, training is better during the second half of the follicular phase, you're going to be able to train at a higher intensity. Recovery is going to be good. Muscle building is going to be good. Fat loss is going to be good. Great time for being in a diet great time for being in a surplus because everything is working in your favor and as michelle has just taken us through during that luteal phase things do become more complicated cravings do start to arise um our recovery isn't quite so good motivation levels are lower etc so it's good to just be aware and if you are working with a coach then speak to that coach and I personally don't. So I, if as when somebody comes to me, for example, I, I don't plan a particular uh, training plan based on their menstrual cycle. <clears throat> I don't instantly say, right, for the third week or fourth week of um, your menstrual cycle, we're going to bring calories up. I base it on the individual basis. You know, everybody checks in once a week and I'm sure you probably do the same, Michelle, yeah. because some clients don't necessarily feel you know, quite as extreme effects and they can push through things. So if somebody says to me, you know, oh, I'm feeling a little bit tired. I've got a lot of cravings at the moment and I can see that they're, you know, in that 
luteal phase and the, in the week before the period, then I'm then I'll say, right, okay, well, let's focus on bringing calories up just a couple of days. It's always based individual, and that's yeah. you know the good thing about speaking to your clients so regularly and on that weekly basis is that we can advise. So what I wouldn't want is for everybody to suddenly go out and say, right, I have to increase my calories during this stage, or I have to train like X, Y, Z. You don't because you are an individual, but it's, it's definitely good to be aware of these things and speak to your coach. And that's why you should always, you know, if you have binged or um, gone on a bit of a mad one with in terms of cravings and you've raided the cupboard and had a big, like tell your coach, don't be scared because we can then take you through and and start to get to the bottom of it. You know, if you are in that luteal phase and there's no need to feel guilty and we yeah. can start the the more open that you are with your coach or you know with yourself if you're just doing it with you on your own then the more you can understand your body and start to analyze trends and see if if for example I've got a client where this happens all of the time then we'll definitely plan it we'll say right from now on like every month we're going to do xyz because this has been a common recurring theme um and I've got you know another client with PCOS and endometriosis and with her, that's, you know, different again, next level. Like we completely stop all training. Um, and that's based on work, working with me and her own consultants for those as well. So everybody is individual, everybody's different, but, but start monitoring, start writing down your moods, how you're feeling, noticing the cravings, writing them down so you can actually monitor trends and see how you as an individual will be better off, you know, structuring diet and training around your cycle yeah so this podcast was more to just make you aware of why you're feeling how you're feeling not to tell you how you should be feeling yeah because everyone is completely different so if like in the luteal phase you don't have cravings your strength doesn't dip like there's nothing wrong with you it's this is just like an average person just based on like jess said um science but everyone's an individual everyone's different so this is not to tell you how you should be feeling everyone's different and like just said like speak to your coach even if you um over for a few days like we can monitor your cycle and understand why and even if you haven't got your training done like we're just just saying about the training it just made me think it was one day well, I've, I've done this quite a few times actually where i've gone to the gym and i've lifted like my first set i'm just like i don't want to be here and I remember, I've just walked out. <laughs> I've done that as well. I've like one or two sets and I'm just like, well, I'm not feeling this. I don't want to be here. I don't really care much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and you just go like that for a few days. Everyone's different. I, my motivation goes, I don't want to train. I literally walked into the gym. I did one set and I just walked back out again. <laughs> and just tell your coach, don't tell your coach like on your check-in form that yeah, you've got all your training done if you haven't. Because if yeah. you haven't, then your coach can understand why and tell you why that you've walked into the gym and walked back out again. So you can understand what your body's doing. So I think it's just so important for you to to understand why your motivation might dip. Even your um the way you see yourself changes during the um the luteal phase. You get low body, what do you call it? Um, low body image. Image, yeah. Your yeah. body image. You, you get low body image. I think, is that a word? Low body image? I don't know. It's weird when I was saying it like that. You get low body image. So well, you get... Where would you? 
low self-esteem like less body confidence you know what we're yeah. talking about <laughs> yeah you get that in that phase as well so it's just so important and i put it on my check-in sheet now i monitor what week my clients are in so i can understand why they might have gone off plan and they can also understand as well so we do hope that you've taken something from this and, and you understand now more what your body is doing and why yeah definitely obviously very high level overview and a whistle stop thing but there's just so much scientific things that you could go into but ultimately i think we've summarized everything that you need to be aware of and if you go on to uh, google you can type in and actually see like the um estrogen and progesterone at their different levels throughout the cycle so it's difficult it's more difficult for us explaining so if you have that chart in front of you and like listen to this podcast at the same time then i think having that visual demonstration of the graph of the menstrual cycle and you know the follicular phase and the luteal phase then it's going to help you to understand it as well so definitely speak to your coach never feel guilty for cravings or anything there's definitely going to be a reason and the other thing I was just going to say is this doesn't necessarily apply to people on the contraceptive pill, you know, on hormonal contraceptives, because for those hormones are going to be a little bit more stable throughout the whole month because they're dependent on how they work. So things could be a little bit different there. You might feel a bit different, you know, in that week off the pill or whatever it is you're in, but this is more for just general menstrual cycle for, yeah. you know, for most females who are not on hormonal things. So there might be differences there. So you'll have to look into those, but it's definitely an interesting one. It's something that us as coaches are always thinking about when our clients are checking in, um, especially, you know, with that scale going up on the weight, you're like, right. Okay. Where are you in your cycle? Okay. This is why don't panic. Like, um, so we as coaches want to help, you know, all of our clients understand these things and learn about their own individual bodies. And, you know, it, Michelle, in the case you've just described there, like if you were a client and you know that that happens to you every month in that stage of the luteal phase, like your training, your motivation, if that was a common thing, you really suffered, then you could just program in a deload week every time, yeah. every month for that. So be open, speak to your coach. If you are doing everything on your own, then bear all of this in mind as well and, and plan accordingly for yourself. Awesome, I think that's it. So if you've got any questions or if you want um, any help, just let me or Jess know. So you will find us on Instagram. So I am livefitness.michelle and Jessica is Jessie, is it underscore or dot? It's dot now, isn't it? Um, I can't remember. I'll have a look. I think it's underscore Jesse underscore yeah. pain and gains. Yeah, you'll see the links below the uh, podcast episode anyway. Yeah, our links will be below this. So follow us on social media. Drop us a DM if you've got any questions or if you need any help. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, and we will be back with you next week. Have a good week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.